What's happening, everybody? On today's show, SEC legend and Heisman Trophy winner Danny Werfel going to join the show. We'll talk all things SEC with him, get his thoughts on the Florida Gators, and he has a great charity event coming up in just a couple weeks. We'll also go around the conference with injury updates on Bryce Young, KJ Jefferson, and more. Locked on SEC starts right now. You are Locked on SEC, your daily podcast on the Southeastern Conference. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome into Locked on SEC, everybody. Great to have you along. I'm Chris Gordy. Thanks for making Locked on SEC your first listen every day. Remember, Locked on SEC free and available on all platforms, including YouTube and at LockedOnSEC.com. Let's jump into it. Let's go around the conference. Boots out to the right. Makes the Around the conference. And we start with the big injury news. All eyes on Bryce Young. As Nick Saban and the Alabama Crimson Tide preparing for a monster game heading out to Knoxville to play Tennessee this weekend. Bryce Young trying to come back from that shoulder injury he suffered two weeks ago. And, of course, the uh, Tide able to get the win over AM this past week without him. As Monday press conference, Nick Saban said, Bryce getting reevaluated today. Don't really know much. Haven't talked to the doc since he did it. Hopefully, we're going to try to get him ready to play this week, but this is something that nobody can predict how this is going to give him an opportunity to go out and be able to do what he needs to do. We'll see as the week progresses, but I don't have an update. Much more than that. Of course, even if they thought Bryce Young would be playing this week, they're going to play Coy, right? You want to have the Vols have to prepare for both Jalen Milrow and Bryce Young. Saban talking about Tennessee said, look, the Vols have a really good team. Hopefully, we'll get some of the things we did wrong this past week fixed. Maybe we'll get the quarterback healthy as well. So, cat and mouse game. Doubt we'll get full clarity early in the week on uh, whether or not Bryce Young is going to play. But just some notes on this game. Big, big matchup on the third uh, Saturday in October. Tennessee versus Alabama. It's first meeting of the two top six AP top 25 ranked teams at Neyland Stadium in 24 years. you got to go back to 1998 when Florida and Tennessee we're both ranked uh, in the top six in the AP. It's also the first time both teams are unbeaten at the time of meeting in Tennessee and Alabama since October 21st, 1989. So we're going back to the 80s and 90s for uh, reference to this matchup. You know it is a big one and uh, can't overstate how much fun this one is going to be with Alabama and Tennessee taking to the field this weekend. As for... The Vols, they are going to be getting ready with Josh Heupel preparing uh, for this team and uh, not knowing if they're going to face Jalen Milrow or Bryce Young. Josh Heupel said on Bryce Young, Bryce has played an elite level for a long time. Arm talent, ability to be accurate with the football, great decision maker out there. The X factor for him is uh, getting able to move and extend and make plays outside of the pocket and inside the pocket. Does a good job finding the soft spot in the in the pocket when he escapes he's a thrower first finds his guys if you don't match them out if you're in a zone coverage he has the ability to tuck it and make big plays as well got the ability to apply press apply pressure to you as always so of course uh, big big challenges being faced there by the Vols uh, with Bryce Young if he is able to go as for Jalen Milrow Josh Heupel described him as athletic 
and dynamic with the football in his hands. Now, there is a quick note on Tennessee. Defensive starter Jalen McCullough was arrested on Sunday, according to police reports. Four-year starter currently tied for fourth best on the team in tackles with 23, according to the arrest warrant. Uh, police responded to an incident, found a man with missing teeth and a bloody mouth. He said he'd been drinking with friends at the apartment complex, and uh, Jalen McCullough arrested as part of that. But uh, we'll see what that means for him moving forward. Meanwhile, the uh, Arkansas Razorbacks, they're hoping to get K.J. Jefferson back. Sam Pittman talking with the media on Monday. It appears as if Jefferson will be back for the Razorbacks as they head out to uh, BYU this weekend. Sam Pittman said, look, it's a normal week for K.J. He just can't get hit today. Uh, that would be the, the protocol. He never gets hit anyway at practice, so he can go ahead and do his full thing today. It'll be Arkansas versus BYU out in Provo on Saturday, set for a 2.30 central kick on ESPN. Arkansas, a road favorite, slightly, right about one and a half, according to Bet Online. Meanwhile, Sam Pittman talking about his backup quarterback spot. If KJ Jefferson is back, will it be Malik Hornsby? And what's his role going to be moving forward? Pittman said, look, I gave him his choice, whether he wanted to stay where he was as the number two quarterback or when he, whether he wanted to still play some wide out or if he was interested in moving to corner. Obviously, the team needs some defensive back help. He said he'll have to explain more than I can with him, but it was a big weight lifted off his back. I think with the way that he performed this past weekend, I think he validated what we thought about him as a quarterback and what the team did. He wants to stay right there, just be ready when needed as the number two quarterback. Pittman said that means Arkansas probably not going to use Hornsby in those special packages from earlier in the season. So, uh, Blake Hornsby back as the number two quarterback ahead of Kate Fortin on their depth chart. Meanwhile, over at Auburn, a lot of folks wondering uh, things going to get better under Brian Harson there at Auburn. They've dropped to 3-3 three and three on the year with their blowout loss at Georgia on Saturday. Brian Harson meeting with the media on Monday was asked about his team's offensive identity. He said, look, we want to be debt balanced. We want to run the ball. We want to throw the ball. We want the play action off some of the run game. We want to be able to get out on the perimeter and still be firm and be able to run downhill between the tackles. Arson was quick to admit, however, that the results have not been there. He said, have we been very good at either of those at this point? Are we where we want to be right now? We're not. But that's what our identity is. We're still working on building that identity. We have the vision for it. Now we got to actually do it. Of the 131 FPS programs this season, Auburn ranks 94th in the country in total offense, 112 in scoring offense. They now have a road game at top 10 Ole Miss this weekend. Now, some news from the NFL ranks yesterday is Matt Rule was fired as the Carolina Panthers head coach after going 1-4 through his first five games. A lot of folks expecting Matt Rule to head back to the college ranks. You got jobs like Nebraska open, Colorado. Auburn could be one of those schools and bet online as Matt Rule is the second best odds, his next job to be Auburn behind Nebraska as the odds-on favorite. Keep in mind, from 2017 to 2019, Matt Rule took Baylor from a 1-11 team to 11-3 by his third season. He also turned Temple into a pretty good contender, had them winning uh, double-digit wins his last two years at Temple. He's a good college coach. Just didn't work out in the pros. Matt Rule be on the radar for Auburn if they were to fire Brian Harson. We will see in the coming weeks. 
Meanwhile, over at LSU, Brian Kelly trying to get his team back on track after their blowout loss versus Tennessee on Saturday, losing 40-13. On Monday, Brian Kelly said offensive guard Garrett Dellinger is expected to miss the next two weeks with an MCL injury. The sophomore lineman uh, has played several spots all along that line. Brian Kelly said, uh, tried to make light of what has become a difficult situation, saying, look, we're looking forward to our sixth combination on the offensive line. LSU going on the road Saturday night in the Swamp, taking on Florida, 7 o'clock Eastern on ESPN. We have also bad news for Clark Lee and Vanderbilt. They will be without a key offensive starter the rest of the year. Rocco Griffin has left the team after Clark Lee told reporters after the Ole Miss loss that Griffin's lack of involvement in the offense was a coach's decision. He was passed over on the depth chart in the backfield. Uh, Griffin led Vandy in rushing last season with Ray Davis injured for much of the year, but Ray Davis is back and doing a good job. Rocco Griffin missed uh, three of Vanderbilt's six games this season with an injury. Nine carries, 86 yards, one touchdown, so he is on the way out. Meanwhile, over at Ole Miss, some reports that tight end Michael Trigg could be out for the rest of the season with a broken collarbone. That's coming from On3 Sports. Uh, apparently sustained it in the first half of the win over Vanderbilt on Saturday. Finished that game with one catch for 28 yards. Has 17 catches on the year, 156 yards, and three touchdowns on the year. So we'll keep an eye on that. Wait for official word from Ole Miss. But sounding like tight end Michael Trigg not going to be back out there for Ole Miss the rest of this season. Again, Rebels face Auburn Saturday, uh, next Saturday in Vaught-Hemingway Stadium. Meanwhile, over at Georgia, Kirby Smart and company looking to keep their undefeated season going. Number one in the country in this week's AP poll, but battling with some injuries on both sides of the ball. Monday, Kirby Smart updating D-lineman Jalen Carter, uh, linebacker Small Munden, and running back Kendall Milton all still dealing with injuries. He said, don't know, have to wait and see, haven't seen them yet. Jalen, obviously, we're going to find out. He's every day, he's getting better, rehabbing, doing more. We'll see more today. Small Munden was close to being able to go in the game this past week. Didn't practice a lot of last week. Hopeful to get him back this weekend. And the same goes for Kendall Milton. So if they can get those guys back, Georgia can be a little bit more complete team. They will play Vandy coming up in week seven. Meanwhile, over at Mississippi State, Mike Leach and company, they improved to 5-1 and one with a dominant 40-17 win over Arkansas. Mike Leach took to Twitter to name his players of the game. He recognized offensive lineman Cam Jones, defensive tackle Cameron Young, running back Dylan Johnson, linebacker Jet Johnson, DB Emmanuel Forbes, and their punter Archer Trafford. Uh, Leach also reminded them that there's still work to be done. He said, quote, need to keep getting better each week. Hail State, Mississippi State with a big one against Kentucky this weekend. Uh, that'll be Saturday night on the SEC Network. Meanwhile, lastly, the SEC announcing their players of the week in the conference and a lot of them guys we had on our winners of the weekend this past week uh, co-offensive players of the week they had quarterback will rogers from mississippi state and jonathan mingo setting that old miss wide receiver uh reception record in a game uh, defense player of the week cornerback jaden hill from florida he had the two interceptions according to pick six special teams player of the week chase mcgrath the kicker from tennessee made some big field goals in their win over lsu freshman of the week Georgia running back Branson Robinson and a defensive lineman of the week going to Byron Young from the Tennessee Volunteers. And they have it. That is the latest going on around the conference. Coming up next, we're going to talk 
with Danny Werfel. The great Danny Werfel going to join us here on Locked on SEC. Some great stuff coming up with him in just a second. Thank you guys for making us your first listen every day. Also, to remind you guys, from cringing at the pump to getting an eye-popping check at your favorite restaurant, inflation hitting everybody where it hurts, and it really hurts. That's why we started using the Upside app. Upside is an incredible app for anyone who buys gas, groceries, or dines out. With every purchase, you will earn cash back thanks to Upside. If you want to get started, just go download the free Upside app. Use our promo code LOCKED. L-O-C-K-E-D. That's going to get you 5 bucks or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. Claim an offer for whatever you're buying on Upside. Check in at the business. Pay as usual with a credit or debit card and get paid. In comparison to credit card rewards and loyalty programs, you can earn three times more cash back with Upside. Download the free Upside app. Use our promo code LOCKED to get 5 bucks or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. That's $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more, use our promo code LOCKED on the free Upside app. Rolling along here, Locked On SEC, and an absolute pleasure to talk with this guy. Been a big fan of his for a long, long time. One of the greatest college football players to ever play at the University of Florida. He is the great Danny Werfel. Danny, welcome in, man. Good to talk with you. Chris, great to be with you. Thanks for that kind introduction. <laughs> well, I, I want to start here, Danny. I mean, as, as storied of a football career as you had, it seems like you've done and accomplished so much more in your post-football career. So for those who don't know, if you could, just kind of touch on some of the, the great things that you've been involved with over the years, from the Werfel Trophy to the Werfel Foundation and just everything you've been involved with. Because, again, it's it, I, I think you've had more of an impact on the world uh, in your post-football career. Well, thanks for saying that. You know, one of my favorite things is when I, I run into somebody somewhere out and they're like, hey, man, uh, we we loved you as a player, but we love what you're doing off the field more. It's like a bigger compliment to me. And, you know, I pretty immediately after I left Florida, I got involved in New Orleans working with Desire Street Ministries and continue to this day. I'm the director of Desire Street and we work in under-resourced neighborhoods all over the South, supporting leaders and groups that are doing just amazing, amazing work in some tough spots. And then we uh, we have a, another organization called the Werfel Foundation, and we're trying to inspire service and unity in the world. One of the things that we do is we, we have the Werfel Trophy, which is uh, a college football award for the athlete that's not the fastest or the strongest or the best quarterback or receiver. All those things are great. But it's an award for the person who does the most community service. And our goal is to get as many nominees as possible, even though we have one winner. But we'll probably have 100 to 115 nominees this year, and we want to help tell their stories more and more so that more of us can be inspired to do more. So those are some of the things happening, and I just feel very grateful to to be able to invest my life in, in those things. I do want to talk some football with you, but first, uh, speaking of the foundation, you do have a great charity event coming up in a couple of weeks, and this one caught my eye because I have some friends. The the if you haven't heard of pickleball yet, it is kind of catching the the country by storm. I have some friends who have taken up you know taken it up, and they used to play tennis. Now they go to the pickleball court and play pickleball. But uh, tell us a little bit about this pickleball twenty twenty two that you guys have going. Well, thanks. You know, it's a weird name for a sport. Um, if they started over, they probably have a new name. But it's a fantastic little sport. It's like tennis and ping pong had a relationship and made a baby, and the baby is pickleball. <laughs> and it's uh, it's really the fastest growing sport in the country. Anybody 
anyone can play and enjoy the game. And, and there's levels all the way up to some of the best athletes in the world now. And the pro tours are growing and, and players are making money on the pro tour. And so I've fallen in love with the sport myself in the past year or so and, and just love it. And, um, you know, every year for, for many years now, Desire Street, we have hosted a golf tournament the week of the Florida Georgia game at the end of October. And we have Florida and Georgia fans competing and we're doing that again this year. And, um, you know, desirecup.com is all the information for the golf part of it. But we added a pickleball event that has just blown up. Uh, we, we turned it into a kind of a college themed competition where, uh, you'd have a professional pickleball player paired with a celebrity pickleball player from the same college competing for the pickleball, like the Sugar Bowl trophy. And uh, so I'm playing with the pro from Florida. We've got celebrities from, from all over the country playing uh, with, with different pros, and it's going to be live streamed, and it's going to be a really fun event to draw awareness and raise money for, for the causes that are dear to us, Desire Street and the Werfel Foundation. Yeah, I even saw Doug Ellen, the, the guy behind Entourage, is involved. So there's so many big names of people involved for this. So we encourage anybody that's that's going to be out there in the area to definitely go and uh, and check it out. Uh, we're talking with the great Danny Warfel. And, and Danny, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you a couple of uh, football questions. What have you made out of the Florida Gators so far this year? I, I really like Billy Napier. I, I got to know him a little bit in his time at, at Louisiana, and he took over a tough situation, but – I think what I like about this team, Danny, is they fight hard. I mean, even down big in in Knoxville, they didn't quit. They didn't give up. Uh, just seems like he's really setting the foundation for a lot of future success. Man, I think the last few words you said there sum up how I feel. He's building a really strong foundation and culture for future success. And I'm really excited about him as a coach, him as a person, him as a leader. You know, I think our roster is, is kind of depleted and thin versus other years in the program. So, you know, really hard in a first-year uh, program to, to have maybe the success that Gator fans would hope and expect. But I, I see this as a tremendous move in the right direction. I love what I'm seeing. You know, I don't think it's going to be a, a banner year, but I do expect in the years to come we're going to be a really, really tough team to beat and competing for all the things that, that we always hope to. So I'm thrilled. Uh, I think he's a great coach, and I love the direction of uh, the Florida football program. You, as a former quarterback, you know what it takes to win in this league, and it's tough. But uh, what have you seen out of Anthony Richardson? Because people forget uh, he's still just a sophomore. He's just a kid. He's only started a couple games in his career. But it does look like he, he's still developing. He's still honing his skills. What have you made out of Anthony Richardson and his development so far, so young in his career? Yeah, and I think that's the thing. It's you know when when you start a season and people are saying you're going to be the top ten pick in the NFL draft <laughs> at the end of this year. I mean that sets a level of expectation that's that's pretty high. And you know I think Anthony has earned that in that he has these tremendous physical skills that have have already been displayed. But you're right, he's he's a especially beginning of the year very young player. I think it only started one game and that was against Georgia last year. So. Uh, you know, really kind of finding his way and in an entirely new offense, one that has a lot of different components. I think uh, an offense that takes a while to really understand and all the terminology and the, the level of details and preciseness of this offense, I think, is, is a learning process. 
So, uh, you know, there's a couple wonky games in there where, where he didn't look like uh, himself, didn't look like the guy who he thought he was. But to his credit and to Coach Napier's credit, they came out and he played a whale of a game against Tennessee and was really, really sharp against Eastern Washington. So I think he's going to continue to develop. I think he has all the, the tools and not just, you know, the ones people talk about, the, the, the arm strength and the running, but the pocket presence, the decision-making, the, the speed of decisions, the ability to see the field. I, he's got all that stuff. So I just think he's going to get better and better. What is the key? You 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 played in that in that spot. I mean, is it? I mean, man, you just gotta put in the work, put in the effort, develop that chemistry with the receivers, and and continue to work and hone those skills. But like, what is the biggest challenge you think for a kid in his spot? Well, it's really a weird, unique position playing quarterback at that level. Um, you know, it's like there's like 20 skills you have to have, and if any one of them you don't have, you probably can't be elite. And so it's. <laughs> There's just so many things going on. But I think usually you're going to end up with some really talented players. Um, but really, I think it comes down to sort of the mental decision-making and also the speed of the decision-making. I mean, that's a very – how fast can you make multiple decisions uh, before and during a play? I think there's also the intangible piece of, of how you handle adversity, how you handle pressure – um, and that kind of comes down to who you are as a person. And people don't think about this, but there's no other thing I can think of in the world where you would stand somewhere to, to make some really high calculated decisions and have to make a very precise uh, hand-eye coordination move with somebody coming at you to, to just destroy you. Right. And when someone's coming at you to hit you, Everything that the human body's been conditioned for forever is you, you, you tighten up, you flinch, you duck, you lay, you, you get out of the way. You don't sit there relaxed, thinking and throwing and get smashed. And that's a, that takes a while to learn that <laughs> skill, too. More with Danny Werfel in just a second. Thank you guys again for making Locked on SEC your first listen every day. I want to remind you our partners at Nissan have worked with us to create a new segment across the Locked on College Network titled Thrilling Moments where we highlight the most exciting play from the SEC weekend game. And this week's thrilling moment from the SEC, trailing 24-20 to with under two minutes to go, Texas A&M quarterback Haynes King took over at his own 29-yard line and led a drive right down the field against the Alabama defense, connecting with Evan Stewart, Devon Shane, Moose Muhammad, getting all the way down to the Alabama 15-yard line before they drew a defensive pass interference call, setting up a first and goal at the Alabama two-yard line with just three seconds remaining. So one call to win it all, but King's pass to Evan Stewart in the end zone sailed out of bounds and incomplete, and the Alabama defense held on for the 24-20 victory in Tuscaloosa. This segment has been inspired by the thrilling new designs featured across Nissan's new lineup of vehicles. Pursue what thrills you in the all-new Frontier Armada or Pathfinder today, available now at NissanUSA.com. Continue our conversation with the great Danny Werfel. And, Danny, uh, you know, we were talking a little bit about Anthony Richardson. What have you made out of some of the other SEC quarterbacks this year? I was down at the Manning Passing Academy before the season, and I think I started to know, man, this might be one of the best crops of quarterbacks we've had in the SEC in a while. But when you look at Will Rogers, Hendon Hooker, Bryce Young, the Heisman Trophy winner, uh, this does feel like this is one of the more special groups of talent that we've had in the SEC in a while. Well, you're right. You know, I – Unfortunately, I haven't gotten to, to watch all these guys uh, at length, but I've seen a few of them play. 
And I've just been really impressed. I, I think that uh, I don't know the exact numbers, but I think there's a, at least a few of them that have benefited from the extra year, which when it comes to being a quarterback is, is really big. I mean, it's kind of like, like dog years, you know, one, one year of uh, playing quarterback is like seven years of playing another position. So you just develop. So I think that, that has uh, contributed some of the play. And I think the, the, the coaching and from, from little to older, and the, the, you know, there's a lot of great, offensive minds uh, in, in the SEC right now that just make it really fun to watch. Uh, talking with Danny Werfel, I love that the uh, the head ball coach, Steve Sperger, is still around the program. I talked to someone over in Florida over the summer, and they said so many people around that building are still kind of starstruck when they see him walking down the hallway. Are you surprised coach is still around football after all these years that he didn't want to just get away? Oh, no. I think he loves it. I think, you know, he's – He's kind of out of all the grind of the football and the recruiting and the, the crazy hours, but he, he loves to be around people. He loves to be around the program. I think uh, he's, he's, he's kind of like, uh, you know, some people can be a, a tough parent, but they're great grandparents. And uh, Coach Spurrier was super successful, and he's a tough coach. Uh, he really pushed you hard. But he's like the greatest grand coach ever, and having him around, I think, is just awesome for everybody. <laughs> it was funny, Danny, watching uh, highlights of the, you know we just had the the Tennessee Florida rivalry game a couple weeks ago, and um, you know obviously that's a that's a rivalry. It's went your Gators way for so many years, but they were showing all these highlights throughout the years. Do you have a good story just from that that rivalry, or just from your playing days that you remember that just stands out in your mind? Well, two, you know, one was uh, my freshman year. Uh, uh, what I think, no, it was, I don't remember what year it was. Uh, Peyton was coming in, and I think he was supposed to be the, uh, uh, they were going to put him on the cover of the Sports Illustrated um, was the idea. You know, I was, that was more uh, my junior year, actually. And they, so they showed up, and we ended up scoring, I think, nine straight touchdowns from the middle of the second quarter to the end of the game. <laughs> And I ended up on the the cover of, of Sports Illustrated, and that's I'm I'm looking at a few in my office right now that I have to sign. They still fans still send them to me uh, all these years, and um, and then you know uh, the next year when we went up to Tennessee, it was just pouring rain. It was an incredibly uh, tough way to start the game, and we went for it on like fourth and eleven, and I threw a long touchdown uh, pass, and that just that moment. There's a lot of things going on. I think my faith was a very, very prominent in that moment of, of having me be calm in the midst of this crazy atmosphere. And uh, we had the big win in Tennessee that year. It's it's so fun to look back on those years. And, and again, it, it, it feels like it wasn't that long ago. And then we look back and go, good Lord, how many years ago was it? So uh, it's so fun <laughs> yeah. to kind of look back at, and reminisce at times. Uh, one more time, Danny, I want to r- remind our listeners, Pickle Bowl 2022 coming up uh, starting Wednesday, October 26th. That will have the uh, the Celebrity Pro-Am Tournament if, uh, if folks want to get out there and uh, spectators are welcome. And, uh, of course, you can make donations if you can't get out to the event, if you just want to go make some donations, desirecup.com. But uh, I'm excited, man. Pickle Bowl 2022, this should be an awesome event. Yep. Well, I think it might be something that grows uh, every year. Uh, people love their colleges and the chance to play for that and play for a cause. So, yeah, uh, if you go to desirecup.com, you can learn more about ways to help and participate. And I just appreciate appreciate everybody out there, thoughts, prayers, and support. Thank you, too, Chris. Absolutely. Danny, thanks so much for the time. We appreciate it. All right. Take care.
All right, that's the great Danny Warfel joining us here on Locked on SEC. Certainly appreciate him taking the time out. And, uh, great, again, great cause coming up, uh, benefiting the uh, the Warfel Foundation. And, uh, again, DesireCup.com is the website if you guys want to go check that out. Uh, Pickle Bowl. 2022 coming up that's going to do it for this edition of locked on sec again thanks to uh you guys for making us your first listen every day now you go make your second listen check out some of our other great podcasts like locked on gators with uh, brandon who's doing a great job with that or any of our other great sec podcasts we have on the locked on podcast network covering your team every day i'm chris gordy we'll talk to you guys tomorrow right here on locked on sec